Welcome to another Mother Runner. This is Sarah Bowen Shea, and I'm joined by Dimity McDowell. Sorry, I wasn't sure. Do you introduce me or do I introduce myself? I know. I was like, no. wait, wait. How do we do <laughs> I know. I know. Oh my goodness. So it's been a while since we've talked, other than a, a quick uh, status update call yesterday. But you know, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, yeah well, you were you were uh, across the pond, as we say, right? You yeah. had a uh, two weeks in Europe. How how was? Well, I mean, I, I, we talked about that yesterday, but you had a great yeah. trip. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I wanted to save it for the podcast, like we always say. Yeah, we. Uh, it was our um, the family and I. We've been to Canada and Mexico, but the kids are really excited to get off the continent. Um, so yeah, we, um, it was a big, big splurge for our family. We went to Amsterdam, Paris, and Athens. And I'd been to Amsterdam once and I realized I've been to Paris. This was my fifth trip to Paris, but had never been to Athens. So that was very exciting to um, go. And I'd never been to Greece. So to go to a new country was very exciting. And it was everything I hoped it would be and more. And I think, oh, you know, certainly it was, yeah, it was, I mean, I, I, I love museums and uh, the kids were really game. We, um, as I predicted though, we did not go to two or three a day. You know, there were a couple two museum days, but um, and Jack was like, oh yeah, we'll go to three or four. I'm like, yeah, that's not going to happen. And three museums um, is a lot is, one day is a lot. Yeah. Even yeah, two, so, I feel like is a lot. That's, but I'm yeah. more of your kids museum mentality. <laughs> Um, so, but it was also awesome because, uh, you know, Phoebe's, uh, turned 17 in a little over a week and the twins are 13 and a half. And so, and a lot of museums have Wi-Fi, so you could go get there, all get on Wi-Fi because none of us had any service other than that, which was dull, um, to be, you know, a phone free except as, as, um, cameras when we were out and about. But sure. so in a museum, then we could. We could just be like, okay, we're all on Wi-Fi. Okay, well, you know, Dad and I are going to this Cubist exhibit, and you explore the rest of the Pompidou. So um, that was really fun to let them, you know, go and and then see their pictures that they took. And oh, that's you know, cool. Yeah, kind of. Like, yeah. well, do your own adventure. Pick yeah, your own yeah. adventure. Yeah, right, right. So um, yeah, and they just were really game. And um, I mean, certainly there were um, the thing you you will relate to this, Dimity, that um, if we let them get hungry, particularly if we waited too long for lunch, that's when the that's when the um, that's oh, when the purple started. Yeah, I was about to say what 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 hits the fan? Like what French the baguettes hit the fan or something? I don't know. I, was trying to think of something. I don't know what they eat in Amsterdam. That's when the merit hits the fan. Um, so uh, yeah, so that definitely. Um, and it's just tough because a lot of times we wouldn't get, we wouldn't even leave. We say in Airbnbs in Paris and Athens, and we wouldn't even leave until like, I don't know, 10, 30, 11, even a little bit later. So then, you know, it's not like you then want to be like, okay, let's eat lunch right now. Sure. Oh, but you're sure. trying to do something. And then it's like, okay, it's 2.30 and then, you know. Well, so. and it's not really a bar culture. Europe isn't like, oh, I let me just pull out this granola bar for you. You <laughs> yeah. know, like it's, it's it's a different mentality. <laughs> yeah. Although, boy, my kids uh, definitely got into eating croissants and baguettes and lots of um, jam on things and uh, oh we ate a ton of feta in Athens and oh, oh my gosh um, good. yeah oh it was oh my gosh baked feta rolled in um phyllo dough and then drizzled with honey and I have to say the the honey in Greece is just so delicious and Especially then um, yeah and then yeah and then uh, sesame seeds sprinkled on top oh so good wow. um yeah so, and, uh, and it, gosh, the, the Airbnb we had in Athens was just magical. It was, um, 
unfettered view of the Acropolis and, you know, the Parthenon on top of it. And um, then turn the other way, look, turn your head the other way. And there's the Acropolis Museum. And it was, I mean, felt like we were sightseeing just sitting on the balcony of our apartment. So it was amazing. That's great. That's great. So where was your best run? Um, yeah, so I did more running than I thought I would, but the, you know, all my talk of, um, jet lag going west to east kicking my butt, it did, uh, it did not as badly as I thought. Um, my best runs were in Paris by far. I, um, found the Seine on my first outing. And so from there on, I would just head straight there and, you know, go one way, go the other way. And on the final morning we were, um, on Christmas Eve day, we were taking, we we're flying from Paris to Athens. And so I'm like, okay, I'm going to get in another run. So went out at 6.30. I had not brought my knuckle lights. And let me tell you, even in the city of lights, it is dark at 6.30 in the morning. Sure. <laughs> and uh, um, gosh, the sun doesn't rise until really late in the winter in Europe. And um, so, but went out and I mean, just had this place to myself. And um, so then we were staying on the left bank and um, the Louvre is on the right bank. And so was um, running and I suddenly realized I'd cut in from the river. So I wasn't along the river anymore. And I'm like, wait, I I saw this truck coming out of this um, driveway for lack of a better term. I'm like, I think if I turn here, I'm going to be in the courtyard of the Louvre. And so sure enough, there was, you know, that um, very iconic triangular I am pay designed entrance to the Louvre. And I mean, it was just, that was lit up spectacularly beautiful. And um, it just, it was, I really felt so glad to be alive at that moment. I, I oh, was, stopped so and was, cool. was filled with just a sense of being alive and present. And it was very powerful. Awesome. Um, yeah. That is great. Yeah. Good. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And then, um, and I felt very, very intrepid in Athens because, you know, it's a lot of narrow winding streets and, um, I didn't use the joke too often, but you know, the street signs, they're all Greek to me. So <laughs> um, I mentioned Jack used that on the hour, right? It's so funny because I told him beforehand, I'm like, Hey Jack, you know what I'm going to be saying a lot of in Athens. And then this morning I told Molly, actually, I was like, you know, I didn't use that line as much as I thought. And she said the exact same thing. She goes, I bet Jack said it all the time. And I was like, no, no, because <laughs> he can beat a joke too into the ground. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, so, I mean, I just would, you know, follow those twists some turns and and the Acropolis is so huge. I just thought, okay, I just have to keep the Acropolis vaguely on my right and I'll be okay. But um, gosh, there were just, there's all these, this huge open space right near the Acropolis that I just, it was like me and like two dog walkers and that was it. And it was like this like field for lack of a better term that had some ruins in it and just these trails. And then I could go the other way and get to the national garden and all these trails there. And it was, um, and then even when I would go on the streets, I didn't get lost and turned around. And cause if I had, I don't, you know, I would just had to try to feel my way back. Cause again, I didn't have any service. So I couldn't like, you know, Google yeah. map my way home. So. <laughs> <laughs> Rewind. Rewind. Yeah. 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 So, um, so yeah, so I just, um, cause sometimes I don't think of myself as the most adventurous person. And I, um, I just felt very intrepid in Athens and I liked that feeling. It was a very, um, gratifying, um, self-affirming. Yeah. Thing. Yes. Yeah. It's nice yeah. to be so, on an adventure. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And, uh, Santa was good to your family. <laughs> <laughs> Way back, back in, uh, back in the U S. Um, yeah, yeah, we had a really nice Christmas. We had um, a lot of fun. Uh, highlight was uh, got tap dancing shoes for Ben. Um, oh, 
Yep. Um, Cause I needed another, I needed something else you could make noise with. So we got yeah, tap yeah. dancing drum set, you know, what else do we have? But, but wait, um, wait, do, do you have a tap square? You're not just going to let him do it on the floor. Are you? Well, we, our, our basement is concrete. Oh, um, floor, okay. um, so he can do it there. Um, okay. And um, I, I ideally, you know, I said, wait, we'd find him some classes. We just have to kind of see how his schedule works out um, with other stuff. So, uh, so that was good. And um, what else was a highlight? I mean, Amelia mostly got her, you know, just lots of things for her activities, new swimsuits and, you know, pair of leggings and stuff like that. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, no, it was really nice. It was a good, it was a nice, uh, it was a really nice day. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, just been um, kind of just keeping the, keeping the AMR fires burning around here. You know, I was, I was a little bit of the Cinderella left behind at the ball. That's okay. <laughs> left behind. Yeah. Um, and, and no spoon under the uh, tree for you? Uh. Uh, no, I did get a, I did get a skillet though this year. I got a grilled cheese skillet, like a, a big pancake making slash grilled cheese skillet. Um, so uh-huh. it covers, a griddler. Uh-huh. Uh, it covers two burners, you know, so we can make, oh, we often yeah. have breakfast dinners. Um, mm-hmm. On Sunday night, so we can make you know like four or five pancakes once instead of three. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's funny because um, Ben gave that to me. And one night um, we were sitting at dinner, and he was asking what I wanted for Christmas, and I said this, and I said, "But really, what I'd like more than the skillet is like a note that says thanks for making me all the grilled cheese moms, and for <laughs> signing me up for all the programs, and driving me everywhere, and you know, like kind of you know just kind of being a little funny, but also being like." you know, that's, that means more to me than another pan. Right. Uh-huh. And, um, so he made this box. It's very cute. It's this very, um, homemade looking box that says basically, um, I fill out every grilled cheese I make, um, with like the date and the number and for who, and, um, and every five grilled cheeses I make, he will either help me make dinner, um, or we get to go on an outing together. Um, wow. yeah. And so it's very, it was very cute. Like the, you know, kind of him putting into a second gear and, and, uh, having a little personal touch to it. So of course, and then I'm like, we hosted people for a Christmas day and I'm like, grilled cheese is all around. <laughs> like, I'm going <laughs> to knock out 12 of these. Um, but no, we didn't do that. But yeah. Oh my gosh. I thought of you because, um, and the, the spoon I'm referring to is the Christmas several years ago. When I was thinking, we each got a spoon from our husband as the, as a gift. Yeah. So, um, but when we were in Athens, um, olive wood is you know, something they use a lot of over there for um, like bowls and um, little serving pieces and a lot of spoons. And so, and they're very pretty because they kind of have knots in them and everything and they're very lush looking wood. And so I was like, oh, I'll get Molly, you know, a, um, an olive wood spoon. I'll get myself one. <laughs> I was like, um, is this, is this okay? I'm giving her a spoon as a gift because we've kind of established it's not a romantic gift. <laughs> How's it for a running buddy? <laughs> I think that works. I think that yeah. works. Yeah. 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 So uh, she seemed pleased with it. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Well, I say let's dive in today's show. We have a lot to cover. So yeah, let's head on over. We do. We do. We are talking to three of our Train Like a Mother Club coaches to ensure that we all put our best foot forward this year, no matter what races we're undertaking. After this short break, we'll be talking to coaches Amanda Loudon, Jen Gill, and Liz Waterstrad. Stay with us. Our first coach slash expert is Jen Gill, a San Diego-based running coach and certified personal trainer who coached the Train Like a Mother Relay and Stride programs and now is stepping up to coach our three new 5K programs. Welcome back to the show, Jen. 
Hi there. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, yeah. This is becoming an annual tradition for you to join us on the first episode of the new year. I know. I love it. It's a great way to start the year. <laughs> Thank you. I'm glad you think so. So um, it's been a year. So please remind us about your kids and your own running background. Um, so I have three kids. I have a 13-year-old boy. So yes, he became a teenager in this past year. And it's interesting. It's and a whole then, new world, right? <laughs> oh my God. <sighs> does he have hair on his legs yet? Yes, he does. And he's almost my height and he's about five, four now and I am five, seven. So he's almost there and it's really weird. Um, but, but fun, you know, yes, just navigating this new relationship with him is yes, it's definitely a learning experience, but I think it is for both of us, which I, I don't know, it's hard to put into words, but it's, it's, been, um, it's been interesting for sure. And then I have twin girls that are seven, almost eight. They'll be eight in March and they're in second grade. And, you know, second grade was a kind of a hard transition for them for some reason going from first to second. So it's, it's hmm. been an interesting uh, first semester of school, um, but, uh, but good, they're, they're doing well. And then uh, my running background, I've just been running most of my life. I have an older brother who uh, ran track and stuff in high school. And so I just kind of followed suit just to see, see what I could do, so to speak. And it's just kind of been part of my life since then. And I've been a coach for about, uh, let's see, 12 years, I guess, and mm. a trainer for about I don't even know what year it is. I guess five years. <laughs> um, 2019 now. We've, we've turned the calendar. <laughs> and you're like, how old are my kids? And exactly. Yeah. Like, it's a, a lot of numbers to remember. From the <laughs> yes. 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 So, yeah. Um, yeah. And I'm primarily a trail runner, ultra runner. And um, that's about it. Um, I, I do private coaching. I coach groups. I train privately. And then I also train part-time at our local Y, which I love. And um, yeah, so yeah, things are good. You are a busy woman. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, so do you have um, any race plans yet for 2019? Have you thought that far in advance or are we just getting... Getting no, I, right I do. Yeah, I, I actually have a 50K next weekend on Catalina, wow. which I'm very excited about because I've never been before. It's the Avalon 50K and I'm yeah super excited about that one. And then I have a couple of Ragnars coming up, um, Ragnar SoCal. And then I'm also doing Richmond, which is a trail Ragnar. Mm. And then- Richmond, um, Virginia? Yes. Oh, wow. Yes. Okay. So, you know, we used to live in the DC area. And so oh, it's right. really just an excuse to go back and see lots of friends. Like our, my team is basically my friends from back East. So, oh, that's um, so fun. that'll be fun. And then, yeah, I have, uh, uh, some ideas that I'm not quite ready to put out into the universe <laughs> yet, but, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that 2019 is, is a good running one for me. That Catalina race, I bet it's going to just be gorgeous. Oh, I can't wait. I'm so excited. Oh my gosh. I've never been out to that island, but it was one, one, it's on my bucket list of places to go. Yeah. They have some, um, a fall race series, I think. And then this one, now, those are the only races that I know of. Um, I'm sure they have others, but, <laughs> um, a couple of friends of mine are, and I are going and, uh, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be fun. Yeah. The views will be fantastic. I bet. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So, so five, let's dial it back. Let's uh, have it, or, you know, divide by 10 and come up with five, 
<laughs> come up with more math. Wait, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, no more numbers. <laughs> yeah, come up with 5K races. So they don't often share the same glory, let's say, as longer distance races. Um, you know, you don't get the same look of awe maybe from your coworkers when you say you're doing a 5K as you do when you're saying you do a half or full or whatever. So, but 5K races are so important in the running landscape. They're the entry point to doing races for newer runners or resuming runners, and they're just also a great challenge for seasoned racers. So what's your take on 5K races, Coach? Yeah, I mean, exactly what you just said. I mean, they're, um, I feel like the 5K distance is the foundation for any running career. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Mm -hmm. um, I think that when you start running or you're coming back from an injury or whatever hiatus you may be taking, getting to that 5K distance is like the first, the first step, I would say. And then, you know, trying to race a 5K, I would say, is one of the hardest things to do because you are running hard and fast right from the get-go and you don't have the distance to kind of warm up into it like as, that you do for an, another longer race you know mm -hmm. you don't have you just run out of distance so if you're not running hard and fast right from the get-go and you're racing it um you just kind of run out of real estate there so it's getting that balance of um speed and endurance because running hard for three miles is a very hard thing to do um it's it's quite a a challenge and the, and then to pr at a 5k you know it's so rewarding because you work so hard to get there you put in all of this work for you know a seemingly short distance and like you said you don't get the same kudos but um it's it's definitely uh i would say a rewarding experience to to try and race a 5k well, and going back to math for a second, but not really, no, we won't go to specific numbers, but it is harder, especially as you become more, a, a more experienced runner and have more miles under your shoes to PR in shorter races, right? So, I it mean, you, you know, I mean, you know, a marathon, you have hours, right? Mm -hmm. That you're yep. out there. So it's easy to, to knock off a minute or two if, if things are going well or more, right? But um, a minute in a 5k is a lot. <laughs> you is. know, I mean, that's uh, 20 seconds a mile we're looking at more right, or less, exactly. right? Yep, so, yep, yep. Um, so when you train for that and you're able to execute that well, it is super rewarding um, for sure. Well, and, um, and jumping back for a second, I mean, when we, we were talking about you leading these programs, um, you, what really struck me is you were so excited about the run walk group um, and the five, like, I don't want to call them beginners because they might be coming back to it, but you lead those groups in real life, um, yes. correct? So talk yes. about why it's so fun to, to work with, um, those people who are, are either pitting on a bib for the first time or coming back to it or, you know, finding their running groove again, that kind of thing. Well, I think, and I think, you know, looking back to when I first started running, um, I just remember the first time I ever ran a 5k. Um, I mean, yeah, I was a kid, but you know, it's, it's as a kid, you know, you've got your, pe your people in your corner cheering for you and that kind of stuff. But as an adult, we don't really have that very much. And when you're trying to run a 5K on your own without anyone in your corner, so to speak, um, whether it's uh, virtually or in person, it's, it's really easy to, to stop and to give up or um, going another route, you know, trying to run your first 5K and you, tr you go out for that first run, you may feel great for a little while and then you go out the next day and it feels absolutely horrible because you're sore, you're tired, maybe you're running too fast, like that kind of stuff. And so 
taking a different approach, for instance, the run-walk um, method, I feel like is a great way to get started on something like that where you're not going to run the risk of running too fast or going um, harder than is really necessary in that moment. So you take these manageable steps and you can get to your goal a lot healthier and happier than if you were to just try and go out and run a 5k um, without, you know, doing that run walk method. It's just, and then, you know, the aspect of being that cheerleader for somebody, um, there, there's just nothing like it. I mean, I, I think that um, knowing that somebody is in your corner every, literally every step of the way and um, can help you cross that, well, first of all, get to the start line and then cross that finish line and having that person there cheering you on, saying how proud they are of you. Like it, there's, you just don't get that as an adult. So I just, I just really love it. And the, the run walk, um, I, I think that method is just really going to help you be successful. Yeah. Well, I will say, um, uh, you know, you are, you, as Sarah said, you, re, you lead our Ragnar relay teams and you've had the opportunity to take a couple teams to races, right? I think you've done it twice. And, mm-hmm. um, I, I hope that we've shared the emails with you, but I'm not entirely sure if they, they land in your inbox, but we get <laughs> such, um, nice words about you and your manner and your cheerleading, like you said. I mean, there's nothing like it. And, um, and it's really, really fulfilling um, as a coach and also just um, as a leader. And you're super good at, at doing that. So I just, here's some cheerleading for you. And, and also I want people to know that that's, you know, that's really um, second nature to you. And, and like you said, it is so fulfilling to have somebody cheering for you, you know, on the Facebook page or answering your questions, that kind of thing. So, um, I think you're going to be great at it. I know you're well, going to be great you. at it. Yeah. Thank you for that. I really appreciate it. Um, that means a lot to me. Um, I feel like, you know, being, I'm going to get choked up. I'm sorry. Oh, <laughs> um, sweetie. Just being a part of people's dreams and hopes and stuff, whether it's a 5k or a marathon, whatever the distance, you know, it, I, it's, it's, I'm honored to be a part of it. And as I'm getting choked up now, I've been known to cry at finish lines and cry <laughs> when I see people do the things that they set out for, whether they're successful or not, you know, like not everybody gets to cross the finish line and I'm, I'm there for that as well. And, um, so the, you know, this journey towards 5k, I just feel like is such an important one. And like you said, it just doesn't get the glory that the other races do. And so I'm hoping that, you know, we will give it the glory it deserves. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Awesome. So, so you've already touched on the, the run walk of the, um, being one of the options. Talk us through the other two, the run and then the race, you know, kind of what's the difference between those and, and who they're best suited for. So the, um, the, uh, the run program is, um, more intermediate, uh, kind of like, this is going to sound silly, but an advanced beginner to an intermediate, you know, there's still the option if they wanted to do run walk, they could, or if they want to just, you know, start out running exclusively, that is there as well. And then um, there are some faster workouts, some speed workouts um, that will help them, you know, with their fitness, give variety. And if they are looking to PR, there is, you know, those workouts there to help them as as well. And then the race 5k program is for your more advanced runners, um, that are really looking to, to PR and, and have, um, take a, a good amount of time off their, 
they're whether it, they have a current 5k time or not, but they're looking to really race that race from the get go. So there's um, a little bit more advanced speed workouts, um, a lot more, it, there's more than just one speed workout throughout the program, or excuse me, throughout the week of each week of the program so that they're, they're getting a lot more um, opportunity to, to work on that speed. Yeah. And I'll say just, uh, just for a little bit more information, they're all 12 weeks long. Um, Mm -hmm. both the run and the race program have, um, a little kind of test built in at the beginning. So you can figure out, um, a race pace that's going to make sense for you. So you can kind of, you know, because the 5k is, you know, it it matters a lot if you, whether you go out at a nine 30 or a nine minute pace, (laughs) you know, so it'll help you kind of dial in your race pace a little bit. Um, and then, and then like Jen said, just a variety of workouts, um, strength training, really fun. She did a great job in in pulling together, um, workouts that keep you engaged and, and moving forward through 12 weeks. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, um, and that's another thing a lot of people think that they don't need that amount of time to prepare for a 5k. But as you just said, you know, the difference of 30 seconds per mile is huge in a 5k. Excuse me. So um, typically speaking, you know, we want to make sure that there's a good foundation of mileage under your belts before we really get into the nitty gritty of really race specific speed work so that we can minimize the chance of getting hurt. So giving yourself that amount of time is really important. to prepare because, you know, speed work is the best way to get hurt if you're not fully ready for it, if you haven't established a good base of mileage. Um, so you talked about, you alluded to this, Jen, about, you know, that some runners think they don't need to train for a 5k. So talk about, you know, what can be gained from following a 5k training plan rather than just trying to bang one out. Well, I will say that, um, especially for the, run and the race programs, you are going to be running longer distances than your 5k distance. So, I mean, there's a really big focus on building endurance and and speed at the same time. So, um, you know, you are going to learn lots about how you can mentally go work through the, the toughness of the program, whether it's, you know, endurance or speed or both. And I think that you know, you're still going to need to tap into that mental strength and then, you know, just the getting up early and running, balancing training and family life and work life and all that kind of stuff, just as you would if you were running, running longer distances. Um, there's still that dedication that is going to be required of you and, you know, learning what, how you can do that, how you're able to get through that hard stuff. I mean, it's really rewarding, really fulfilling, whether you're trying to PR or not, just knowing that you can handle that kind of thing and want to, I think is, is a big deal um, as, you know, as a runner, as a person, just being mm-hmm. able to um, balance all of that and, and see some good results from doing so. Absolutely. So do you rate, do you enter 5Ks yourself these days at all, Jen, either for fun or for, um, you know, to race them? I do. Yeah. I, my son and I actually run 5Ks together and um, we do two definitely each year. There's one over Memorial Day weekend that we do every year. And there's uh, the turkey trot, of course, that we do every year. So now that he's, um, you know, he's been doing cross country the last few years in middle school, and now he's about to enter, well, not right now, enter high school, but he'll be doing cross country in high school in the fall. So I'm hoping, you know, I've been kind of, you know, 
trying to get him to do a couple more races here and there just for his own fitness, but you know, who listens to mom, but <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm still trying and you know, doing it with him is just icing on the cake. You know, I, it's our time together. And, um, you know, my husband doesn't really run, he's a cyclist. So like, this is something that my son and I can do just the two of us and yeah, the girls get in on fun runs and stuff every now and then. But, um, that time that he and I run together is really special to me. So I hope that there are some more five K's in our future together. That's awesome. So do you, do you run side by side or can he beat you at this point or will he be able to beat you soon? Oh yeah, no, he can beat me. Um, Uh we usually will, you know, obviously start together and then, um, you know, I'll tell him to, to go on, you know, don't worry about me or something like that. (laughs) But, um, I, you know, I hold my own and, uh, Oh, I don't doubt it. I don't doubt it. I may finish (laughs) slightly behind him, but not that much further. Um, it's good. I mean, he's, he's become a really strong runner and, uh, it's getting harder and harder to keep up with him. (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh so let's focus on training for a sec what nuggets of wisdom can you impart for newer runners during 5k training and then maybe some advice for more experienced runners training for a 5k well I think that um you know I I was reading something recently it was just a conversation on social media about how you know running is such a pure sport you really don't need to do anything just put on shoes and go and yes that is true but i think that that there are some things that you can do that will make your experience maybe a little bit better and one being you know making sure you're you know investing in a good pair of shoes i think that you know for beginners especially that have um you know never run before or even say you've taken time off to have a baby or something like that, you know, making sure the shoes that you um, get started in are correct and right for you. You mm-hmm. know, pregnancy changes your biomechanics a lot. It, it loosens the joints and, you know, our feet, some odd reason change during, you know, changes in hormones. So what shoes you wore before your pregnancy may not be the same as after your pregnancy. So making sure you have a good pair of shoes, I think is first and foremost, and then a good sports bra, you know, everyone can benefit from getting a a good sports bra. And I'll never forget in your first book talking about the study where how the breasts move in all sorts (laughs) of different directions. Um, You know, so shoes and bra, I think are are first and foremost for any runner, regardless of your um, experience in running. And then just um, giving yourself the time to do it. And, you know, you know, you don't need to block off hours and hours, but you know, set your running time as an appointment, just as you would to go to the doctor or go get your hair cut or whatever. It's, it's your time for you and giving it the priority will help ensure that you actually do it because, you know, sticking to a plan in the beginning, we're really motivated. And then as time goes on, you know, things pop up or maybe we're just not as motivated as we once were. And it's really easy to skip a, skip a workout, skip strength training, that kind of thing. So just, um, you know, prioritizing your, your training just as you would anything else, because you know, you know, it's important to you or else you wouldn't have signed up. So keeping it as important as it was in the beginning will Mm -hmm. help, you know, you continue along the, the, the path, so to speak. And as far as, you know, advanced runners go, same thing, you know, just because you've been running and racing for several years doesn't mean you can't learn something new or try something new, try something different that may, you know, change things and be the key to um, reaching a goal you may not have been able to do in the past. Um, I'm 
I'm still learning and I've been doing this forever. I mean, it's that just because we've been doing it for a long time doesn't mean that trying something in a different way can't have benefits and, and whether it's your, you know, reaching your time goal or just something else along the way, uh, learning new strength exercises or just new speed workouts so that you can incorporate them in another, you know, training cycle you may be doing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a lot to be said about, um, you know, changing it up and trying something new. Yeah, that is so true that you think like, well, that worked for me, you know, two years ago, I'm just going to keep doing it. And, you know, eventually you're going to plateau and not see the same sort of results. Right, so exactly. Far. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Well, um, well, I'm excited. <laughs> I'm excited to watch all these people run 5Ks. And also, it kind of fires you up about thinking about that distance. Because I think, as we've said a number of times here, I think people kind of think it's a gimme and it's so far from it. And training for it specifically, I think people can be very rewarded in, um, in surprising themselves and just having a really fulfilling training cycle. Absolutely. And then, you know, just being able to um, just run that distance. I mean, like we said in the beginning, you know, it's the foundation for every runner's career, so to speak. And, um, you know, it's important to give it the love it deserves. Exactly. And you're ready to do that, right? Coach Jen? Absolutely. You bet. You bet. (laughs) So much love. Awesome. (laughs) Um, and then how about for, for race day? I mean, what are some, I think, you know, you talked about how you got to, you know, the second that the race starts, you got to go. Um, so what, what are some tips for racing a 5k? I mean, what are your thoughts on doing some warm up drills beforehand? If you're looking to, to run it fast or just kind of how to keep your foot on the gas the whole time? Well, I think the warm up is the warm up can really make or break your race. And, you know, in general terms, the shorter your race, the longer your warm up should be. So if, you know, you're going to do race a 5k hard from the get go, your warm up should be not running a 5k, but I mean, time wise, your warm up should be longer than the race itself. And you should be doing some, um, you know, dynamic movements to get that blood work, you know, the blood pump in and circulation increase, that sort of thing. And yes, some um, strides and uh, high knees, butt kicks, all things like that. Um, that's really going to get that the muscles ready and primed to go as soon as that gun goes off. And then, you mm-hmm. know, positioning yourself within the, the, the pack of mm-hmm. the, at the starting line, I think is important as well. You know, you can waste a lot of energy trying to weave in and out of people yeah. And before you know it, your first mile is gone and you are already behind where you want to be. Mm -hmm. So if you have the ability to position yourself in a way that's going to get you some some space around you so you're not going to waste energy moving around the crowd, um, I would absolutely recommend that. And then, you know, just make... I want to say also that that can sometimes be hard for women. I see I'm the MC of... Um, series Happy Girls series here in the Pacific Northwest, and you know I have to like be like, come on, come up to the starting line, like please come up to the starting line, and you know a a few women will do it, but it just it seems you know like they act like they're being braggarts or something if they put themselves close to it, you know. Right, I I definitely can um, understand that, and maybe also the the thinking is, oh well that's for the people that are going to win or that's for the elite athletes. I'm not supposed to be up there. And yes, mm-hmm. in the grand scheme of things, yes, the faster runners are right at the front, but that doesn't mean you're not one of those faster runners. So, you know, positioning mm-hmm. yourself where you feel like you can at least get into your groove as quickly as possible. If you're trying to really race that race, mm-hmm. um, that's going to be really important. And I, you know, you belong there too. You, you registered, you're, 
you know, laced up those shoes, you belong there too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I like you saying where you can get, find your groove, because I think that might feel a little more right to people than saying, oh, well, I'm going to be right. You know, I'm going to be the third person across the starting line. Yeah. I, I mean, it's important, you know, again, the shorter the race distance, the sooner you want to get into that groove, the sooner you want to find, um, um, that, you know, happy medium between racing hard and being, you know, not wasting energy and being in a big mm-hmm. pack of people, you know, you're going to feel it's going to be hard for you to, to find that spot. Well, and the smaller, like yeah, the happy yeah. girls races that you do MC Sarah are smaller races. And that's, that's another kind of, I feel like selling point of a 5k mm-hmm. is because you can always pretty much find one in your area, <laughs> you know, and especially in Colorado, you could probably find one seven days a week, but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but I like that you can, because the idea is, especially if you want to, you know, get up there and, and put your foot down to the pedal right away, you know, you need to have a longer warm up, like you talked about. And then really, you know, I mean, I just visualizing it. I mean, I feel like my, I could see myself like sliding into the corral, like literally with a minute to go and like mm-hmm. in a place that I wanted to be and you're good to go. You know, it's mm-hmm. not like a big marathon where you have to be in your corral 40 minutes before the starting mm-hmm. gun goes off, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. So exactly. Can, it's, it's, it's lovely kind of that way. And that it's, it feels like a little less low maintenance, you know, drop your, drop your jacket to the car, <laughs> you know, maybe hit the porta potty one more time time and run over to the starting line and you're going to be starting in three or four minutes or less than that. So I like that a lot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, that could also be to your advantage as well. You know, if you, you know, the whole with chip timing and all of that kind of stuff, you know, starting right when the gun goes off isn't absolutely necessary anymore. So even if you aren't right at the beginning, if you can still find your, your space, so to speak, by being in the back, you know, that's totally fine too. Um, I know, here, some of the larger 5Ks, though, you know, people are walking or, you know, taking up the entire lane, so to speak, and it's hard to get around people and that kind of stuff. So that's why if you're racing, you know, you may want to be a little bit um, in, in, in the front of the, of the pack. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think I cut you off. You were going to give a couple more tips about racing. I was just going to say, you know, also, I think that um, a common misconception is that nutrition and hydration don't necessarily need to be as um, on point for 5k training as they do for longer distances. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, most races are first thing in the morning. And in, I don't know about you, but I'm not, you know, eating while I'm sleeping. So, you know, you, you don't necessarily want to start a race completely fasted. Um, you know, you are going to want to have something to eat a good hour and a half, maybe even two hours before your race, just to make sure that you have the fuel there ready to be used. So you can, um, get, get going as soon as the, as the race starts and hydration, of course, the same thing. Um, I know people think that, you know, they want to run fast, so they need to not eat a lot and be light and da da da. But I just think that you're not giving yourself the best chance of doing well if you're not fueling. I mean, you wouldn't ask a sports car to go speeding down the road without putting the proper fuel in it first. And you're this, you're a sports car too. Um, so it's important that, you know, you need to give yourself the fuel that you need um, and practice that in training as much as you can, because, you know, how your body, specifically your digestive system reacts to running fast is a lot different than running um, mm-hmm. at an easier pace. So making sure your body can kind of handle that, um, is going to be important because you don't want anything, um, any changes or anything that's going to, um, ru- you know, not ruin your chances, but, 
um, make it a little more difficult for you to, to run the, the race that you want. That's a really good point. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, good. Well, I'm, I know we're both very excited to see um, how these 5k programs take off under your tutelage, Jen. So thank you so much for spending time with us today. Uh, well, thank you so much. I am very, very excited too. It's, it's going to be great. Awesome. Awesome. So yeah, well, happy new year, Jen. Happy new year to both of you. And I will talk to you soon. Okay. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye. Next is a familiar voice on this podcast, Amanda Loudon, a frequent co-host and also the main coach of the traditional training programs in the Train Like a Mother Club, everything from 10K up to marathon distance. Welcome, Coach Amanda. Hi, how are you? I'm good. <laughs> how are you? <laughs> good. <laughs> um, so I know, I know you are, like uh, Sarah said, you're on quite a bit, but um, just so people have a sense, uh, a reminder of who, who you are, talk a little bit about your kids and your running background just to kick things off. Sure. So um, I've been coaching the traditional plans for a couple of years now, and um, I am mom to two teenagers, one of whom is a senior this year in high school. And um, I've been running for a couple of decades now. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. yeah. And what, how old is your other one again? Is she eighth grade? Uh, um, yeah, she is. She's 14. She's 14. So. Okay. All right. Mm -hmm. Senior. Well, so I just asked coach Jen if her son has hair on his legs or 13 year old. So does your son have hair on his legs? <laughs> I'm taking on this podcast. He definitely does. Okay, and, uh, well, but he's the 18 year old. So, yeah. um, yeah, but, um, yeah, I think he did by probably 13 or 14, right? One would I don't expect, know. Yeah. Just, just make sure. Think so. I didn't want I to, feel, yeah. all, uh, you know, I I feel like now when John gets home from school today, I'm going to have to like surreptitiously see how much hair he has on his legs. I can say that Ben does not. He's not 13 yet though. Um, okay. I mean, he has hair, but not like, you know, man hair. Oh yeah. No, John, yeah. Oh, John definitely doesn't have man hair on his legs. No, but his legs have gotten, he used to have real chicken legs and now they actually are getting some muscle on them. So yeah. they're, they're not, he's not so scrawny. That's yeah. Good. Awesome. <laughs> so, um, all right, Amanda, I know that you and I um, are not the most um, avid racers or most uh, frequent racers, but do you have any lined up, for, any lined up for 2019? I do have a half marathon oh. on the trails um, coming up. Um, I think it's Super Bowl Sunday morning. Um, wait, I don't you, know. I have to wait. Do you know, do you know the date of the race, or you, or you're unsure about the date no. of the Super Bowl? Like, which is it that both. you don't aren't quite both. sure about? <laughs> both, both. I just I signed up. I don't know a month or so ago, and I'll look at my calendar sooner or later and figure out when it is. <laughs> so I'm like, yo, I have a race this morning. Okay, let's go. <laughs> I, I know. So you can tell on how invested I am in it. <laughs> oh, so say like, do as she do as she says, not as she does. Maybe it, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> Um, understand that I am, and you know, I, my, my quote unquote racing, you know, days are behind me. And so I, I race for fun now. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Well, um, and you have a, speaking of the half marathon, I know you're doing this on trails, but, um, you've got a new half marathon plan and two new marathon plans under your umbrella. So you want to talk about those a little bit and yeah. Yes. Where, where should I start with the half? Sure. Okay. So, um, we have added um, what I think is a very um, difficult, um, challenging, maybe challenging is a better word, um, half marathon plan um, to complement our other half marathon plans. So this one we're calling um, crush. The, the cr crush. crush it, right. Yeah. Just, yeah. So we've, we already had kind of a, a crush it plan for the marathon, but now we've added that for the half. 
Um, so this is not um, a first timer's plan. It is. <laughs> <laughs> to say the least. Um, this is something, you know, we want to see you um, having, um, you know, a couple years of experience with half marathons. We want you to have at least half a, half a year um, with no injuries leading into this. Um, maybe longer, it would be even better. Um, and, you know, we, we, you should have a few half marathons underneath your belt. And this is going to be designed to help you really you know, if you're looking to really crush your time, um, really, you know, get, get the most out of your running legs that you can, this is the plan for you. I like that phrase, get the most out of your running legs. That's yeah. Nice way of looking at it. Yeah. 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 And as the librarian around here, I just have to say, so, so that adds, so the crush is the, t- is the kind of the icing on the cake to half marathon plans that are run, walk, run race and then you can crush so we got a lot of verbs going on there so um, yes. yeah <laughs> to make it that clear so um so we have other options for you if you're not ready to crush it um exactly absolutely for this people is... who wanted to take it beyond race exactly you know for people who've maybe done you know a couple of our plans and you know they're looking for the next step the next level this this is this is for them mm-hmm. um, and then we did two marathon plans right or you did two marathon plans so talk about those Yes. So, um, I guess let's start with, um, the, the easiest. So we have now, um, this, this makes it four marathon plans. Is that correct? Yeah. Four, four marathon plans. And so, um, you know, if you want to look at them from, you know, like as a ladder, the, the, the very first one is, um, this new one, which is a run walk plan. Um, so this is for people who maybe want to get a taste of the marathon, but they aren't quite ready to step up to all the run training. Um, people who don't have time goals, um, you know, someone who's maybe just coming back from having a baby, um, you know, these are th- different scenarios that might make this an optimal plan for you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. And then the other marathon plan is the other end of the spectrum the right? other end of the spectrum and we're calling this the obliterate plan <laughs> so <laughs> um, which we found via thesaurus in case you were wondering we we're like what's another word for crush you know, it's like also, yes. no annihilate no <laughs> it's also like a, like a new yorker who's like oh let me see how many different shades of black i get you know twilight and graphite and <laughs> <laughs> right right <laughs> obliterate so yeah this one is is again this is gonna be the very top of the spectrum um this is a very difficult program putting it right out there um you know we want to see you coming in um well trained already injury free um it's something that you're willing to dedicate some time to you know make sure it's a time in your life that 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 you can um fit this all in. It's not, you know, something, oh, I just had a baby. I want to go try the obliterate plan. This is probably not going to work for you. (laughs) Um, You know, so it's, it's, it is very challenging. And, um, you know, for those of you looking for, you know, your really big time goal, your, you know, maybe a BQ, whatever that is, you know, no guarantees here, but we're, we're calling this your best shot for that. um, If you're, if you're an experienced runner. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, that that with that plan tops out at 51 miles a week. That's the that's the biggest wow. week of training. I think it's our first plan that goes over 50 miles. So um so yeah, so you definitely yeah. have to be ready for that both mentally, physically, and um, schedule wise. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. So the run walk plan. Um, first of all, Amanda, when you suggested that, I was like, 
of course we should offer that plan. Like it's like staring, <laughs> staring us in the face. Um, so I'm um, so we're so glad you suggested that. And then, but also when you're talking about who it's for, do you think this could also be for someone who's been struggling with injuries or say an aging body? And I might be looking in the mirror when I ask that question. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, I think that's a great idea. I mean, if you're somebody, I mean, you know, I'm always going to be hesitant to say, hey, you just came back from injury, so go do a marathon, even if it's run, walk. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you've had, you know, like a history of injury and, you know, maybe, you know, you have a history of getting hurt when you're training for marathons, things like that, maybe this is your kinder, gentler way to go about it. And, you know, same with, you know, it, it like you said, an aging body that is maybe, you know, it's maybe time that you don't really want to be running all the mileage. And so this is a gentler way to do it and still keep you in the game. Mm -hmm. Because so many people have really strong results with run, walk, plan. I mean, I I know that I have, you know, finished, you know, like a 410, 415. And there are people who are run, walk, doing the run, walk method right alongside of me, finish that same time. Absolutely. I've seen that happen too. So I, I totally agree. Yeah. Yeah. And those, those plans have, um, one of the workouts for the week is a walk. I mean, it's just, and, and it's, it's a longer walk. Yeah. I mean, it's not like, you know, you're, you're strolling to the store for some eggs and back. I mean, it's, you know, <laughs> three to seven miles, depending upon where you are in the training cycle. But, you know, again, if running, you know, consistently is, is, is ending you up, you know, in an injured state or doesn't feel right for whatever reason, um, you know, one of those workouts is going to be, um, a lot of time on your feet. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Feet. Yeah. And that's, yeah, I mean, that's what we talked about, Amanda, when you and I were going through um, just kind of the specifics of this, because it's still a marathon. You know, it's still 26.2 miles. It's not just because we put some walking in there doesn't mean it's not a really, really mother load way to go, right? Right. Absolutely. And it's, and it is, I mean, it, you know, it, it is something that, you know, the, because of the walking, I mean, you are going to be out there, um, you know, for time. Um, and, um, you know, I mean, what I mean by that is not by, not for time, not measuring it by time, but I mean, you know, for, for, you know, if you're doing a seven mile walk, which is, which is, I think our longest walk in there, um, longest straight walk in there, you know, you're going to be out there for a while. So yeah, you're still, you're still training for a marathon. Yeah. Just a different approach. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, um, let's talk about just in general for training for longer distances. Um, what are some of the most critical things, um, for mother runners to do? Um, especially like when, if they are taking on their first marathon, just in general, what do you see as crucial key points? So, I mean, a couple of things, um, you know, one is, um, that the cornerstone of every um, marathon program or even half marathon program is going to be that long run. So, um, you know, you want to kind of go in with the mindset that those are the ones that, you know, if you're going to have to miss something during the week, try not to miss the long run. Um, I think also this is a really important time to be dedicated to your strength work, you know, all the back end prehab work, you know, the things that we preach over and over again, those are the things that are going to, you know, keep you healthier, um, give you your best chance at being able to complete the program And, you know, I will always say if you're crunched for time and you're trying to choose between, you know, cutting a run short or skipping your strength training session, I say cut that run short by a mile or two and apply that, you know, 20 minutes or so to your strengths work. Um, you know, I think you're going to get the best results that way. You are. Yeah. Um, yeah. You, and you practice what you preach. I mean, you, like I, I've shared hotel rooms with you and you bring your <laughs> equipment. Everybody's seen my weird routines. <laughs> not weird, but I mean, the prehab we give, I think six or seven of your exercises at the end of all your programs and, um, and they are, you know, 
they're not complicated, um, but they can be challenging. But I mean, you're still doing them. What, you know, probably you probably wrote those up 18 months ago, at least. Right. I mean, yeah. I guess is that you're still doing your one legged deadlift and Always. your side Always. plank thing yeah. that is really ridiculously hard. <laughs> like, yeah. Writing out the caption for it, I was like, oh my God, like <laughs> raising the leg. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, I just, I think they are, you know, that they're so key, um, just, you know, supporting your body, um, for, for what you're going to go through. Um, and, you know, I think consistency too, you know, just keep in mind, I mean, everyone panics a little bit when, you know, something gets, life gets in the way and you have to miss a workout here or there, but as long as you're keeping in mind that, you know, over the long haul, you're being fairly consistent and, um, and, and fairly dedicated, you know, there's some wiggle room in there that, that you're going to miss some things, but it's the consistency that, that will get you to the end point. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I know you, you, um, kind of downplay your speed, Amanda, but you know, you, you did qualify for Boston several times. And so, so this question, it, let's play into that part of you. What do you think is the most crucial element in a training plan and to be able to obliterate the marathon distance? And then how about on race day itself? Um, I think it's a couple of things um, with the plan itself. Again, going back to those long runs um, and going into, you know, getting in the more key workouts like um, the race-specific mileage um, or tempo runs or whatever it might be. I think those are kind of key to really knocking a speed goal out of the park. Mm -hmm. um, and then um, on race day itself, um, you know, it's, it's going in with the right mindset. Um, I think, you know, knowing, okay, I've put in the work, I am prepared, my body can do this, trusting in your training, um, you know, going in well rested, all, all of the little things that add up um, to a good race day. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then yeah. also, um, you know, putting out um, some good vibes for good weather, <laughs> you know, yes, and, yes. And, and all those things that um, can derail you, right? And I think sometimes, yes. like, oh, if I put in all the training, then I'm going to have a great race. And then you show up and it's, you know, crazy hot in Chicago, or it's crazy yep. windy in Boston, or raining crazy, you know, I mean, you know, you just yep. never know what you're going to get served up. So having the flex. No, I, yeah, I definitely think there's an element that. of luck to a PR, yeah, you know, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So let's shift back for a sec to more novice runners. What do you tell mother runners who are intimidated by the weekly run? I think, um, you know, so a marathon, you know, for so many people, that's the, the biggest race they're probably ever going to run. And so the, those weekly runs, the long runs are, you know, the longest training runs they're doing. And I think especially for solo runners who don't have a friend waiting, you know, out there on the corner for, it can just be mentally daunting to set out and be like, okay, I'm going to go and be, you know, 15 mile or, you know, seven, eight mile from my house and I still have to turn around and come back. Like right. what, what do you tell those women? Um, you know, I think first of all, I mean, know that it is, it is a progressive program. All these programs are progressive programs. So we're not dropping you in at the 20 mile mark for a long run. Mm -hmm. um, so it, I think everyone who is newish to, to this type of training um, will be happily surprised um, at the end by um, you know, how much progress you'll make, mm -hmm. how routine, you know, double digit runs start becoming for you. Mm -hmm. um, you know, just, just trust that you can get there, believe in yourself and, um, you know, don't, don't, don't let the numbers on the page intimidate you. You, you, mm -hmm. you can do this and, and we're there 
holding your hands to, to get you there, you know? So it's amazing the number of people who say, I can't believe I think, you know, 12 miles is a short run now. I just have yeah. on Saturday, you know, where steering down yes. it from week one, you're like 12 miles, six out and six back. And now you're like, no, it's just 12, you know? It's yeah, very exactly. It's cool to see that transformation mentally and, and see the confidence that comes with it. So yeah. Absolutely. And you just, I mean, Absolutely. I think we say this, um, maybe in the training plan. Um, but I know that we also say, I mean, you know, is just don't look ahead too far because you can like start looking at, oh my gosh, I've got to run 20 miles. And you're only in week two and you're like, but you're not running 20 miles this week. You're running, right. you know, seven or eight on the weekend. It's going to be okay. You know? Um, but right. you know, it's so interesting right. to, you know, now that we can like binge watch Netflix and everything, you don't ever have to wait for anything. You just be like next week and then next week and then next week, you know? And so just like, no, we're not binging this training plan. We're going to take it day by day, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Day by day, week by week, you know, and, and you, you will be surprised, you know, six weeks down the road, even you'll be surprised. Wow. Look, look how far I've come. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. I love that. And I love that analogy, Dimity. That's it's true. Funny. Well, it is. It, I mean, it is. You expect true. it, right? Like you just have this like, okay, it's going to be here now. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's like, it's like, I, you know, our kids, I mean, they order something for Amazon and if it's not there by the next day, they're oh, upset. Oh yeah. You know? I know. So, Mom, why yeah. isn't that here? I'm like, oh God, yeah. if you knew back in the day, I used to send in a check right. to a crew to get my roll neck sweater and I had to wait right. four weeks. Right. <laughs> oh my gosh. The good old days. Um, okay. So we're headed to race day and say that the weather is, you know, the weather's cooperated. Mother nature is smiling on all of us. Um, race day advice. I mean, what are kind of two or three things that they could do prior to the race that will set them up for a good race? Yeah. So, I mean, you know, this is such an old adage, but it, it bears repeating and that is, you know, nothing new on race day. So, you know, don't, don't plan on that week, you know, whipping out your new shoes or your new anything really new nutrition, whatever, you know, kind of review what's worked for you over the training plan and, and, and go in, go in with a plan, you know, and, and, and just stick to it because you know, what works for you. You've had 18 weeks to prep for this. So, you know, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, you know, again, a little bit of, a little bit of mental work, um, you know, reviewing your logs and, 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 and allowing that to give you confidence in what you can do. Um, you know, you've done these 20 milers, you can handle this. Um, you know, d trust your, your taper also don't, don't, um, you know, a lot of people, I think, especially first timers, um, will kind of look at that taper time and get a little bit wigged out and think, you know, oh my gosh, if I only run 12 this week, how am I going to do 26, you know, in two weeks? Um, but give that taper the respect that it deserves. That's how you repair all the damage, not damage. Well, you know, tiny bits of damage over, over, you know, all this, all these months of hard work. Um, so, so that, that allows you to, to go in with well-rested legs that, that can give it, you know, the best um, yeah, those are my biggest, I guess, mm -hmm. points. Mm -hmm. I don't know. What would you guys add? Mm -hmm. I mean, I think, I think you hit them. I mean, the only thing that I would add is, is have fun, right? You know, yeah, I mean, no matter absolutely. what, whether you're ready to obliterate it or one walk it or somewhere in between, um, is just have, you know, a really lovely time, um, out there because it's such a party and it's such a celebration and, you work so hard for this and it's going to go by, I, even though 26.2 miles doesn't go by in a blink of an eye, it definitely goes by faster than you anticipate it would. And so really just so do your best to soak it up is, is my bit of advice. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think it's important um, every once in a while to, to remind yourself that, 
you're doing this for fun. You know, that, that's, that's why we all signed up and started in the first place. That's, that's the key thing. It's not, nothing like, why did I do this to myself? It's like, oh, no, I chose to. I had good reasons for doing this and kind of right, reminding right. yourself, oh, I really, I really love, you know, the Twin Cities. So I want to go spend a lot of time looking at it on my, you know, while I'm on my feet with a whole bunch of friends and, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. So I'm um, seeing the upside instead of just like, oh, no, what have I done? <laughs> Right. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Well, good deal. Well, thank you, Amanda. I think these new programs are just going to take people to um, places and heights they never knew they could. Yeah. I'm excited to see people get rolling with them. Yeah. It'll be fun. Good deal. Thanks so much. Have a good night. Uh, good thank you guys. Or night. All right. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye-bye. Our final coach to join us is another repeat podcast guest, but in a slightly different capacity. Coach Liz Waterstrat was on the show last year in her role as the Slam Club triathlon coach, one of two. Now she and her colleague Jennifer Harrison are our new heart rate training coaches. Thanks for joining us again, Liz. Thank you for having me. Awesome. Well, so um, a year has passed. So can you please remind us about your kids and your athletic and coaching background, Liz? Sure. Uh, well, I live in the Chicago area and I have three kids, ages eight, four, and two. Uh, I've been coaching since 2007 through my own coaching business, and I work with athletes of all ages and abilities, mostly triathletes, but a, a good number of runners too. And myself, I come from more of a running background. I did not have any sort of impressive athletic career in mm-hmm. college or high school, but I, I did do a lot of running. Uh, and then I myself, I've been a competitive endurance athlete for over 20 years. So everything from sprint to Ironman, there were a few years where I was a professional triathlete. So I feel like I've, I've done a little bit of everything out there. Wow. Wow. And do you like to run straight up road races? Oh, they hurt so much. <laughs> I mean, so, the, so, the, so the answer is yes, <laughs> but they come with a lot of pain, don't they? <laughs> yes, they do. Yes, they do. You don't, and you don't get to switch, ven, you know, switch um, modalities, right? That's what I no, love. No, there's that. no hiding from the pain. There's no yes. hiding. <laughs> you don't get to sit down halfway through the race, right? <laughs> or, or, and there's no snacks. <laughs> you know, you're sitting on your bike. You can have a snack. You can eat something in transition with running it's just go 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 (laughs) it's all about the snacks Uh, (laughs) um so what is on your 2019 race docket i haven't come up with anything yet oh right on uh yeah i just sort of take life as it comes these days and i really focus on the coaching part of what i do which is, is has really become much more gratifying than chasing running goals or triathlon goals i feel like i've i've really done a lot of great things for myself as an athlete in the sport. And so now it's just, it's far more fun and much less painful to, uh, <laughs> to assist other people get where they want to go and, and see them have their breakthroughs and reach their goals. Exactly. Vicarious pain. I like it. I'll, yes. I'll take that. I'll, I'll do that along with you. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, so heart rate training is nothing for you and coach Jennifer. Um, you guys have been doing this. I mean, we say in the marketing copy, that's over, 20 years. I mean, cause combined, you guys have been doing that. You've been training people by heart rate runners by heart rate for a long time, but it is a mystery to um, a lot of us and um, a lot of people who are listening to us. So can you just talk about the premise of heart rate training and why it's an appealing option for a wide array of runners? So heart rate training is, I mean, at the very basic, it's, it's such a simple metric to use and it tells you exactly with what's going on inside of your body. And 
you know, whereas pace is something that you're producing and watts on a bike or something that you're producing, heart rate is really about like, how is your body responding to the work you're doing? And so that's incredibly important and useful information. Um, and, you know, the heart rate approach has been around for many years and it's, it's one of the more basic ones, the, like a fundamental that most coaches go back to because really it works. It's been proven over many years, um, all different, uh, you know, from beginner athletes all the way up to professional athletes can really gain a lot from using the heart rate training. Um, so, you know, I like heart rate because it, it tells you what's going on and you can also see how your body's responding to the training. So over time you would see that you're getting faster at a lower heart rate. Um, you would see that your recovery heart rate is improving. So the rate at which your heart rate comes down in between harder efforts or after a run, you might see that your heart rate when you wake up gets a little bit lower. So there's a lot of ways that we can use heart rate to really even look at our overall health. So, so heart rate is just, it's, it's so, it's such a rich metric to use. There's so much you can read into and, and take from it. Love that rich metric um, mm -hmm. and a rich metric you have no control over except for by your own speed. That's the thing. Cause in the, in the programs that we put together, you talk about all the things that influence heart rate that are not, you know, that have nothing to do with your running, right? It's, it's everything from stress to sleep, to dehydration, to climate, to, so all these things. So when you are out there and you're like, why can't I hit the zone that I want, you know, um, and you're feeling okay, like it might be time to, you know, widen your perspective a little bit and see what else is going on. Is that fair to well, say? Yeah, absolutely. It, heart rate is going to, to show you, you know, in one sense, your readiness to take on a training day. So if you've had a bad night of sleep, if you were celebrating the night before, if you um, didn't drink enough water when you woke up, if you had too much caffeine, if you're getting sick or you are sick, you know, your heart rate is going to give you that message of, I'm not ready or I'm already stressed. So proceed with caution with the stress that you apply. Um, it's also going to show you the impact of conditions that we have no control over, like the weather and the humidity. And so again, you can use that information you get from your heart rate as sort of a filter of how should I proceed uh, and how should I pace myself? Um, because oftentimes we go into a run and, and we think, okay, I have this goal pace and I'm gonna hit that goal pace but it's 85 degrees outside. Nobody's hitting their pace. So, mm -hmm. so heart rate is just one way to say, all right, is my body ready to take on the, the stressors of this, of this training day? Or how should I adjust based on what I'm seeing my heart rate uh, say? Mm. And then how do you help people find their heart rate zone that they train by? So you would do a test and we describe those in each of the programs, the tests that you need to do. Now it's important that you go into that test after a good night of sleep with good hydration, good nutrition, you know, not the same week that your kids have been homesick or you have this huge work project or you've been traveling nonstop. You want to make sure that your body and your heart rate is in a position to give you accurate data. Mm. Uh, and then you need to go into that test and make sure that where you're doing the test makes sense too. So, you know, today here, it's really icy and cold outside. So it would be hard for me to get my effort up because of the footing and the cold weather. Uh, if you're going inside, you have to keep in mind that it's a little bit warmer. So just making sure you have the optimal conditions and, and the optimal setup going into that test so we can get accurate data that we can use to uh, get your heart rate zones. Yeah, and then yeah. what you do, uh, so, we explain it, 
Oh, sorry, Sarah. Oh, no, that was, uh, you're, you're asking the same question I was going to ask about kind of how you then take that information and, pro, you know, incorporate it into the training. Math. I'm going to tell you, it's, it's math. You got to do some math. We give an example so that you can follow that. Um, it's, it's, but it's no harder than probably fourth grade math percentage. Um, yeah, so you take certain percentages of your heart rates. What, you know, you do some adjustments to the number that you get your maximum heart rate and um, then you find your zones from there. And then most of the workouts in all the programs have a prescribed zone. So um, zone one mm. and two, um, which uh, Liz can talk about in a second, are the majority of the workouts. And, and um, you want to talk a little bit about why we hang down at that, that base of the pyramid, Liz? Sure. So in zone one and two, it's, it's very much an aerobic uh, easier pace of running. Now, when you first start out with heart rate zones, especially if you're new to the approach, it might feel like you can't go easy or slow enough to keep your heart rate down. And, that, and that's just a sign of, of, you know, where your fitness is at and, and how much opportunity we have to grow your fitness. So don't get frustrated and be patient with it. But I, I, you know, ideally zone one and two should be an easier pace. Once you get fitter, zone two becomes more of what I would call a steady pace. And at times, as you get really fit, it almost, it becomes a, like a little bit of work to get into high zone two. But that's after you follow the mm. approach for a while. Um, we spend most of our time in zone one and two because that's really where a lot of the good stuff happens. So you are improving your cardiovascular fitness. You are, um, you're um, improving the strength of your ligaments and tendons because the stress of the running itself isn't a, hot, a hard or a high demand uh, so you're, you're basically getting the body ready to handle the higher demands of training. So you want to spend a lot of time there. Uh, and even the, the fastest professional runners spend far more than the majority of their time training at these easy heart rate zones. So you never get to the point where this type of training at the lower heart rate zones is not important. Because mm -hmm. I think that's what some people think. They think, well, how can I possibly be ready for race day you know, because all some people are like, oh, well, I just feel like all I've done out and go out and run slowly. You know, how to, then how do you kind of um, yeah. convince them that that is actually uh, beneficial to them? And, and that's a concern that I would say even experienced athletes have. You know, it's this mm. trusting the idea that if I go slow, I'll be able to go fast. But you mm -hmm. have to keep in mind that even a 5K, which feels like for most of us, like we're on the edge of death, it's really hard, all out <laughs> kind of effort. Even that is an entirely aerobic event. It's endurance. Once you start getting over like six minutes of running, it's all endurance. And so mm. when you are working in those truly aerobic heart rate zones, you're building endurance. You're building the fitness you need to, to go faster. So, so it will happen. It just takes some time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I know that one of my concerns about getting on a heart rate training plan is that I'd never be able to run with my best running friend again, because yeah. talking to her would get my heart rate too high. Like even sometimes yeah. when Molly and I are running together, I'm like, Whoa, we've got too excited talking about, you know, the, the argument we just had with our husband, you know, like we need, you know, need to calm it down a little bit, slow down. So does training by heart rate have to be a solo endeavor? I, no. And, and if you, if you do find your heart rate goes up when you're talking, you're, you're totally normal. Uh, that, that even happens to myself. You ever feel like you can start singing out there to see how easy you're going. And even that will get your heart rate up. Mm -hmm. um, but um, you know, I would say when you start into any new training program, you might be better off staying focused on your training plan for the first few weeks until your body gets the hang of it. Now that doesn't mm -hmm. mean that you can't start a run with a friend 
or take little walk breaks or meet in the middle or run the second half of it with them. But it might take you a few weeks of just some focusing on the heart rate and, mm-hmm. and the, the training approach before your body feels ready to start running with others and talking with others. Um, or, you know, you can, you can just make a pact, say, hey, we're going to be out here together. Um, I'm going to do my thing and, you know, let them know up front, I'm going to do my thing and I'm probably going to go a little slower or, you know, let's do our own thing, but let's not, let's not talk to each other for a little while on the run. Um, I mm. would say, you know, you should never feel like you're out there doing this by yourself, but in the beginning, it might take a few weeks of just doing it by yourself to get the hang of it. Gotcha. Okay. So we have three programs right now. We have an introduction program, which is eight weeks, which is just that, an introduction where you can learn how to train by heart rate. There's no race at the end. And then we have a half marathon program and a marathon program. And the half marathon program is 20 weeks and the marathon program is 24 weeks. So can you talk a little bit about the length of the programs and why you and Jen designed them that way? Sure. The intro program is eight weeks because we do feel like it can take up to eight weeks to see some progress with your heart rate. The more beginner of a runner you are, the quicker you will see progress. Basically, when you're a beginner, anything you do is going to make you fitter than the day, than the day before. Mm. Uh, so I would say, you know, definitely within four weeks, a more beginner runner would see some changes. But somebody who's been at this a little longer or is coming back from an injury or a baby or a long layoff, it might take you eight weeks you know, just, just to kind of get back into the hang of it and see some fitness, uh, uh, see some fitness come along. So that's why we chose the eight weeks. Um, the half marathon, you know, we felt that 20 weeks is a good amount of time to develop good fitness. Um, it's kind of like a longstanding piece of knowledge with coaches that 20 weeks is about what it takes to, to really get fit for a program. So we felt that was a good amount of time. The marathon, of course, is a little bit longer because you are, you know, looking to go longer in the race, um, but no more than six months. Uh, it, it's also just really hard for people to commit, I think, to a big picture when it goes beyond six months. I mean, think about if you had to follow a nine-month training plan, which is what we usually do for something like an Ironman triathlon, which is a lot longer than a marathon. Um, That's a huge investment, but six months is still a good amount of time to get ready for that marathon. 20 weeks is 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 plenty for the half marathon. Um, and you'll actually be able to develop a lot of great fitness in that plan. And then the eight weeks for the beginner, uh, just because that's usually what it takes for us to see the fitness change. Nice. And I should add that we are doing a 10K program as well. It's just going to be out in about two weeks and that's 15 weeks. So that's kind of, that cuts the difference between yeah. the intro and the half marathon plan. Gotcha. Gotcha. So ever since we've been offering heart rate training programs, we hear time and time again from mother runners that say it's the only plan that allowed them to embark on a training program and then make it all the way to race day without an injury. Yeah. 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 What do you think that is, Liz? It's not surprising at all. And, and that's one of the beauties of heart rate training is that it just, it kind of makes you work with where your body is at right now. Most of us, when we start a training plan, we're thinking too far ahead. We're thinking of the end goal. So I want to run a marathon in under five hours. Well, you might only right now be in six hour marathon shape and that's okay. Mm-hmm. So you're just going to work with your body, meet it where it is now and let it progress at a rate that your body can handle. That way you're not forcing anything too fast, too soon. So Mm. I think that's why the heart rate program tends to work really well for people because it's not letting you go above and beyond what your body can handle right now. Uh, And it's, it's responding to your body always. Mm. Mm. 
Yeah. And so how do you deal a little bit with the frustration? Um, because um, we talked a little bit earlier about how you're staying one and two, and that might be slower than what you're used to. Um, and how do you kind of keep yourself, <laughs> you know, convince yourself that that is, um, you know, the good place to be when your ego and, you know, maybe the way that you like to feel after workout, you know, zones one and two don't necessarily get you there. Right. Well, and that, that's a big question right there. So I would say the first thing is to just take it day to day. So you can have your end goal in mind and we can revisit that in a minute. You can have that end goal, but really you need to focus on one run at a time, one day at a time uh, and, and just get through it and follow the plan and trust your training and let your fitness develop. Now, if you get halfway through the plan and you're seeing that maybe your end goal isn't within reach, like you're, you're just not, you're not getting, I would say maybe your fitness just isn't getting where you think it should be, or, you know, then it's just time to reset the goal a little bit um, or put that goal and say, okay, that's my, that's next year's goal and, and just reset the goal. But um, I would just say, take it one run at a time, be very patient. Um, and as far as that, you know, you're not getting that, there's nothing like more energizing than going out and doing a hard run. Yes. Uh, and in time in the plan, in each of the plans, we have a little bit of that in there. Um, mm. And then we have on certain days, we have those, I believe they're called free runs or runs where you would go without technology and we don't give you any guidelines on how to run. So that would be a good place to put that in there to get that, you know, energizing effect. Um, but just know that the work you're doing in the lower heart rate zones is going to make those harder workouts uh, more effective. Uh, you'll be able to go faster in them. So it, it, all of the workouts, whether they're easy or hard, they all serve a purpose. Absolutely. And I will say what's cool about your, the easy runs, the zone one, two runs, you guys um, are real. Um, you have a lot of drills and like form cues built into each run, um, mm -hmm. not into each run, but into a lot of the runs. And so it's not, you're not just watching your heart rate, you're thinking about how you're holding your hands or you're stopping to do some grapevine in the middle of the run. Um, or it's just think, you know, it's kind of, I mean, fun is probably a little ambitious, but I mean, it's nice because <laughs> it's distracting, right? And it's not just like, oh, I got to go out and run, you know, under this number. Um, so you get, you get little, I guess, like, I kind of think of those commercial interruptions. I don't know. <laughs> commercial breaks <laughs> yeah. in your run. <laughs> yeah. So there, those are little focus points. And like you said, you know, sometimes when we go out there and we're following our heart rate, it almost becomes stressful because you have this urge to keep looking at your wrist to see where your heart rate is at. And, and that's not a bad thing. And you do want to check in with it, but it's nice every once in a while to have something different to focus on. And so that's where focusing on a piece of your form or inserting a drill is a good way to break up that, you know, constantly looking at your risk or that feeling of you have to control your heart rate. Um, we also put those things in there because really they are free speed and who doesn't like free speed. So if we can work on your form, help you become more efficient, better running form, you're going to be you know, more resistant to injury, you're going to go faster on lower effort just because your movements are going to be better coordinated for better running. So that's, that's a little bit of think of those, those drills and those things like, Hey, I, I'm, I'm getting some free speed here. I, I'm putting a deposit in the bank so I can go faster at a lower effort later on. That's awesome. It's still, mm -hmm. they're not, they're not commercial breaks or infomercial breaks because it's free, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're just 99 cents. You can have yeah. some free speed. Free speed. <laughs> I love it. 
Oh my goodness. Well, we have to wrap up the conversation, but uh, we would be negligent if we just didn't pick your brain about some, for some general pieces of a racing advice, like whether people are adhering to heart rate training or not, like what are your top three suggestions for race day success? When, you know, however people define that when they're out there on the course itself. Uh, first be prepared and preparation is more than just the training. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's knowing the timeline of your day, knowing the race course, knowing uh, the, the schedule, you know, of, of the day before the race and just knowing all those little details that can stress us out for a race and kind of derail our preparation because we get flustered. So just, you know, be prepared for the race, do the training, but also do the homework for the race. Mm-hmm. Um, the next thing would be have a plan that is beyond just paces to hit or checkpoints to hit. So that means have a plan of self-talk, have a plan of, you know, if something goes wrong, what do I do? So, so mm-hmm. the ability to troubleshoot. So just have, have something beyond just, well, I want to hit mile two by 22 minutes. Well, what mm-hmm. if you hit mile two at 24 minutes, then what, you know, you still have 20 miles, 20 some miles to go. So having a plan and then enjoying the journey. So we become so focused on that end goal that we miss out on the fact that there's a lot of cool stuff that happens between the start line and the finish line. And sometimes the worse our race is going, the more cool stuff is happening because we're forced (laughs) to kind of slow down and, and look around and be like, wow, there's all these people out here. And some of them are bigger than me and smaller than me and younger than me and older than me. And we just kind of take in all of the human experience and, and the sights on the course. So just enjoy the journey, no matter what it brings you. If it brings you success and you reach your goal, that's great. But if it doesn't, there's something you can learn from that experience. And there's a lot you can take in along the way. Mm-hmm. Right on. Love Amen. That. Love that. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Thank Thanks so much, Liz. We're looking forward to working with you on these heart rate programs. Yeah, Jennifer and I are really excited about this uh, and we're looking forward to it too. Awesome, awesome. Awesome. Okay, bye. We got a lot of exciting things happening. We got a lot of new programs. You want new programs? Yes. New programs, yeah. I'm, I am really excited. It's <laughs> nice to be able to um, expand the offerings. Mm-hmm. Um, and really, we've been talking about doing 5K program for a long time. Um, and I'm glad to have three levels of that and some other levels of intensity. And yeah, just really good stuff happening. It's, it's fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, many happy miles kicked off this week. That was, that was your, your, <laughs> baby, your baby new year. <laughs> yes, exactly. So yeah, there's a lot going on. If you need some motivation and some forward movement, we've got what you need. Yeah, many happy miles um, has been great so far. The Facebook page has been super active, enthusiastic, and we've started um, our first January workouts and our first January challenge. And we've got um, Justin Ross, the sports psychologist coming in to help us kind of set up um, our 2019 as um, the way that we want it to be. I mean, the way that when we, when we met with him, um, I was like, let's think about how we want them to feel at the end of 2019 and mm-hmm. give them benchmarks and tips and tricks and stuff so that they, you know, I mean, so, so easy to, to say, you know, I'm going to you know, lose 10 pounds. I'm going to run a sub two hour half marathon. I'm going to do whatever you want to get out of the next year. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then by like Valentine's day, you're like, Oh, what was that again? Right. <laughs> um, and so he's going to come in and, and help set appropriate goals and intentions. And then, 
Um, we'll meet with him again at the end of January, and then he's going to come in three more times so that, awesome. you know, because it's a full year. It's not just, it's a new year's resolution, not a, a new 30 day resolution. Right. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. um, so yeah, so I'm excited about that. So yeah, there's just a lot of good stuff and, and, um, I hope something that fits, you know, everybody's needs. Yep. Yep. So I'll just tell them URLs while we're, while we're at it. Uh, train like a mother club is where you can find all these programs that our coaches have been talking about. And then many happy miles is at another motherrunner.com slash many happy miles. And, uh, we appreciate you subscribing to and rating this podcast wherever you listen. Our podcast today was produced in Portland, Oregon by Alex Ward from Sounds Like Pictures. Happy New Year and many happy miles. Many happy miles. Many happy miles.